Hey, you made it to Talitha Combe, Little Girl Arrives, a space where women come together and uplift each other. I'm Christina Breen. Let's get into it. Sophia. <laughs> Hi. Um, everyone, this is Sophia Hart, and um, we're really excited about our conversation today. Um, it's every girl's dream, and it's what we always will tend <laughs> to go towards in any conversation because we're girls, and who doesn't want to talk about true love, right? Oh, right, of course. Um, so we are jumping right in, and um, I kind of wanted to hear from Sophia. Sophia, how do we know each other? So um, I am roommates with your sister, but I, it's so much more complex than that. I remember I was on, I was serving at a church retreat and I'm looking and I see on my cousin's story, I see Catherine and I'm like, whoa, my cousin knows Catherine. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, it's Lucas's wedding day today of course like Catherine just probably knows Lucas somehow right and so I click on the next story and I see you and I'm like oh my gosh that kind of looks like Catherine and then the wheels just started turning and I was like no way Catherine's sister is marrying Lucas so I like spammed I spammed Catherine and I was like is your sister marrying Lucas by chance and she was like yes how did you know I was like well half of my cousins are on your party bus dude and um yeah after we talked about it for a bit um and realized we're actually kind of cousins through a weird weird uh cycle kind of way because Lucas is technically my cousin and you are married to Lucas which means you're technically my cousin too now exactly and now we're cousins and And now we're cousins very recently all of this happened very recently very recently it's divine it's meant to be yeah, I mean, okay, I also have to say from my point of view, Sophia, um, her heart, yeah, I did that. I really needed to. I'm probably going to force it again another point, um, but I'm sure it's not um, It's not a rare thing to happen to you. Anyways, your heart is so big and um, that she welcomed my little sister into um, a beautiful home in San Diego, and um, I... Like from the second that Catherine started talking about you, I just like knew I was like, I'm so thankful for her. I'm so thankful that Catherine, um, well, I'm talking about you a lot, Catherine, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's a home and somewhere to call home. And I'm I'm just like so happy that um, not only um, is she like coming home to friends, but now she's coming home to family. And um, that's that's really fun and cute and a really this like happened within the summer they got they moved in together and then found out they were family uh within a couple of months so um well the pleasure is literally all mine your family is such a blessing and I received another sister so literally I did nothing um heart puns aside I am the one who like got received into the family so I'm so blessed yay um on the other half Catherine the one thing that Catherine told me is um Sophia is just a a younger version of me and um, (laughs) I didn't believe her and then I uh, Sophia and I hopped on a phone call a little while ago and I was like oh this makes sense to me um (laughs) why she would say that um Sophia do you mind just kind of like giving us uh some insight some background on you what is your major currently maybe something you learned recently um I don't know your favorite color (laughs) Um, okay yeah so happy to be here thank you for having me um my major is ethnic studies and my minor is sociology I'm currently a junior at the University of San Diego praise be to god that I'm almost done um blessed for the time that I've been at school but I'm ready to go my cup is full I am ready to move on um but yeah I've lived in San Diego my whole life um I have jumped around churches a bunch my whole life and schools. I'm just, I'm a sojourner, as one would say. But right now, my home church is St. Basil's, and I'm really happy to be there with my family and serving there. And that's been a really big part of my life recently. I think 
in this season of my life, a big thing that has shifted is just, like, that I only have today. I'm very much a future-seeking person, someone who wants to have control, someone who desires to, like, be, like, driving the car the entire time, and I've realized that that is extremely detrimental, and even with school, I remember I was complaining to my father confession, I was like, dude, I am going to drop out of school, like, let me drop out, we're good, I'm good, this is, this is not my ticket into heaven, I don't need to show God my degree, like, we're good, right, like, can I leave, and he, he enlightened me that just because I don't feel called to, like, maybe I don't feel called to my major anymore, like, I was very much social justice warrior, I am for the people, I need to fight for everyone and everyone, and I agree we need to, like, be there for our neighbors and love, love each and every person like they're Christ because they are but it like consumed me to the point where like that is what I was living for I wasn't living the devil was trying to deceive me that like I was doing it for for Christ but it really was just like pride and ego and once again like getting attached to a worldly thing that like I was getting like angry and like falling into sin through something that I was deceiving myself that was Christ-like like oh I need to fight for everyone. We need to do this. We need to do that. But then I was just like demonizing, villainizing, and criminalizing like the other half, like all these racist people, like da 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 da. Like, but that could be me too. Like, I I could be racist. I could be a sinner. I could be all of these things, and yet I'm like judging other people because they're not fitting the standard of what I thought was Christ-like. I don't know. I so I was attaching myself a lot to that and that was kind of why I was an ethnic studies major. I think ethnic studies is wonderful and beautiful, but again, like my mom always says everything in moderation, nothing in excess, and I definitely fall into excess a lot. So right now I'm just trying to center myself and okay, maybe I'm not because I'm shifting my priorities and my perspectives to Christ as my my goal, my purpose, my sounding board even though it may not be my calling anymore, that doesn't mean it's not my purpose and that like God gives us today and I like someone really close to me and very wise much wiser than me told me like why are you so focused on the future like what if Christ comes in 15 minutes and if I have school today and I have essays today or papers today or I have to serve in study school today or whatever the task is today and I'm so focused on the future like what happens if he comes in 15 minutes and I'm like oh, but I was waiting on the future. Like, no, everything that I'm given today has to be for the glory of God. And I have to just like really bite my tongue and understand that even the things that are difficult and like seem mundane and aren't like, well, this isn't like church related. Like it's still from God and it's still to glorify him. And he calls us to glorify him and everything, not just at church or at Coptic club or Tezbaha or a retreat, whatever it is. So that's definitely been trying, I've been trying to shift my focus that way, which has been difficult, but, like, really, really, really helpful, and just, like, grounding me in my anxieties, and focus, not focusing on the future as much. That was a lot of ramble, but this is me. Hello. (laughs) Hi. I, I, Sophia, um, I, okay, I'm gonna (laughs) say this. (laughs) like without emotion because I know myself I'm gonna go down a route but you have just revealed to me what God has been trying to tell me for a really long time and this happens to be on recording and I'm okay with that I'm going (laughs) to let it happen but I um I like you was a sociology major it am a sociology major I guess um and also was like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to be a teacher and every single kid is going to be amazing because of me and because I saved their lives. And I um, recently took a hiatus from teaching, not because mostly because of life circumstances, I moved away, but also because I, I like needed a reframing. Like I was just, like you said, like angry and upset about the world and didn't feel like I was doing anything besides like yelling at kids and I it was like the same thing like it it felt like a calling but it doesn't mean it's my purpose and you said that so beautifully and I I know that this is not our conversation of today but I just know I will be coming to you to have more of these conversations as time goes on because 
I am really struggling with that. I'm really, I mean, maybe because you realized it younger and you, you didn't like go through like a million more years of schooling and like more of this feeling of like my purpose and calling and what does God want me to do? And what am I good at? And like all of that, but like, you just nailed it. And I, I'm sorry. I'm also rambling because, um, I'm a little, uh, shifted. I, you shifted me. So No, you're not rambling at all. Thank you for sharing that with me because funny enough, I also desire to be a teacher. How weird and awesome and silly, but I, I don't know, like, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to have more conversations with you about this because nothing about like being a teacher or sociology major are like inherently bad, but it's like the same thing. Like what, what are we focusing on? Oh my gosh. I can't wait to talk to you more. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just so you guys know, like we've had literally one conversation before we started (laughs) and so that's why this is like this isn't planned we didn't plan this so like that's why um, (laughs) I'm a little shook but um you're trying to be a teacher yeah we'll definitely have conversations (laughs) (laughs) um yes okay I didn't know any of that about you by the way um and I'm that's not a lie and the only thing I know about you is that um you live in San Diego and that you love my sister and that's it so um (laughs) okay well um I'm gonna transition because I think we could continue on this for a really long time and I kind of want to touch on something you said which is like where God is leading you now and this this point of like he can come in 15 minutes and this feeling of the future and I think a lot of the times us little girls girls in general um when we think of the future we think of um, what we were told by Disney and social media, which is you got to find a man's and he needs to love you and show you the world. And that's the only way that you can live your life. And that's kind of what gets us to this conversation of defining love in our lives right now. And I wanted to ask you, Sophia, what does love mean to you? And um, what has it always meant to you? So maybe like, has it changed in your life? Yeah, that that is the big ticket question um my whole life I have been so obsessed with the idea of marriage like it has been something that I have looked forward to desired attached myself to ever since I was little like that was the thing that was the thing (laughs) like that was my purpose that was the end goal like and I didn't even realize that that that's what was going on in my brain like I knew like I was so excited to get married but I didn't realize like how unhealthy the way I was looking at it was and uh in terms of my relationship with God I saw God as like a means to that end like I loved him I went to church like I didn't really see the issue with that but the problem was that marriage was the end goal finding a husband was the end goal or a husband pursuing me was the end goal he wasn't like Christ wasn't the end goal Christ was just gonna help me get to that end goal and like praying for my future husband or journaling or like all of these things like those were just a pathway to like get to like the the prime destination which was this like Disney happily ever after and like it was so distorted and like wrong and not to shame myself in any way, like, everything happens for a reason, I'm glad that I thought the things that I thought when I thought them, or else I wouldn't be the person that I am today, and, like, obviously, outside sources played into that, Disney, social media, even, like, my parents, like, I love my parents, shout out to them, they are Mm. my favorite people in the entire world, but, like, their way of finding each other, like, their personal story, whatever you want to call it, is insane, like, my dad saw my mom at, like, a church event, saw her, didn't even talk to her, asked someone else what her name was, went home to my teta, his mom, and was like, mom, I found the girl I'm gonna marry, then went to Egypt, put her name on every altar, came back, proposed with Corinthians 13, like, love is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, like, the the verse she said yes without barely knowing him said yes and boom here we are what three kids later yeah I mean obviously marriage ups and downs like I didn't have the easiest childhood as no one did like um ATP Buna Timothy Paul yesterday was talking about like you will never find anyone who has like 
a wonderful perfect life obviously like everyone has had something traumatic happen a dysfunctional family like we all have it the devil devil doesn't pick favorites like he's he's hit every house but my parents love story like I attached to that I was like I need that story that story that will like knock my kids socks off that is so cool so beautiful centered in Christ like that was that was the goal and that really messed with my head because that is not the goal whatsoever that is not the goal and that's not love like the the healthiness of a marriage the how much it's grounded in God isn't dependent on like the story or how you guys met like no no and I I was so attached to that and I don't know I just had such an unhealthy relationship with marriage to the point where I would walk into like any room and I would like think about all the boys that were in the room and be like hmm one of you could be my future husband it could be any one of you or someone would talk to me and they'd be like kind or nice like bare minimum for a decent human being and I'd be like oh my gosh like this could be a cute story like how silly silly girl I literally (laughs) was the same way I (laughs) you put it in words I can't but I'm sorry keep going oh don't apologize I mean that's validating I literally like someone would walk up to me and I after meeting them I'd think about it I'm like oh shoot like am I supposed to journal about this like maybe this is my future husband like oh my oh my lahui like dude what are you doing like it's journal I had to journal just in case it was part of the story (laughs) no literally literally I had to journal just in case it was a part of the story like ugh, and like I don't know like there's just something so paralyzing about that feeling like I had to walk into every room knowing that there's a potential person that could like fulfill my life like I had this idea that marriage was this of course marriage is wonderful beautiful if that is God's like choice for someone but like it's not the end goal like marriage is just another service and I had never thought about it that way like marriage is literally a path to salvation it is not a lovey-dovey oh my goodness honeymoon stage all the way through like I don't know why I thought that either because again I didn't have like um a super peachy keen childhood like things aren't perfect after marriage because life still goes on like the devil (laughs) is still in the world like nothing ends after that but the Disney movies end at marriage happily ever after the man gets the woman boom done so in my head I was like no problems after marriage once I get married it's game over I get to relax put my feet up like no that is another season of struggle you're just doing it with another person which if anything is harder because like I I like idolize this idea that I could do it with another person and that person could support me like no like um Archie Mark gave a talk um about um marriage and being the path to salvation and how like marriage is like the burn stage like that is when you are giving like that is when you are giving everything like you're not receiving like yes of course like your spouse should like love and be there for you and support you but like in terms of our role in in marriage like that is the burn stage that is when we are giving that is when we are sacrificing ourselves and our desires to another person like I I used to hate um Ephesians 5 that said like wives submit to your husbands um men love your wives as you love the church I used to hate that verse which sounds so bad like no one should ever hate anything in the bible but I I really didn't like it I was like why why are we doing this like submit uh 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 absolutely not no way submit to a man like not even just like all power to you but like why would I submit myself to a man like aren't we supposed to be equal like aren't we supposed to like like what's going on Mm -hmm. and now that verse is probably my favorite verse in the bible because it oh it is just so powerful god literally finds the parts in us 
that are the hardest to give up that we need to give in a marriage. And that is why marriage is the path to salvation. Because women, again, Archie Mark, shout out to Archie Mark, I love you. Like he he gives a really good talk on this. Um, women are not, don't like to be told what to do. And that's valid because oftentimes we're right. <laughs> like women, women, we um we mature faster than men, like scientific fact, no one come at me. We're not we don't like to be told what to do. Like that's just not something that is is good to hear. Like that hurts our pride. We don't like it. And God is telling us to submit ourselves to someone that we may think even just in the words that I said right now, we may think that we know better, which isn't right. God is asking us to submit our pride, our will, our desire to be in control, our desire to like have power over another person. And he's telling us, no, he's telling us, hey, I love you. And for you to get closer to me, let alone your spouse, for you to like be on your path to salvation, you have to submit to this man. And then a guy, I was like, well, why does he have such an easy one? Why do we have to submit, but they have to love their wives? Like, that's so easy. You're expected to love your wives. But what's what's specific about this is that Marchi said that, well, maybe it's sometimes hard for men to be selfless. For women, it's it's pretty easy. Like, we're we give a lot like we love very deeply we emotionally like it's easier for us but men sometimes it's harder for them to be selfless and to love someone else as much as they love themselves like god literally says love your wife as much as you love yourself that means that they have to love themselves just as much as they love their wives like that's really big and once again it's like god pinpointing something inherent in us that is difficult to give up for our salvation like not even just for the relationship, but for our salvation. And now I love that verse. I love it because it's like, wow, how ignorant of me to like want to have this like la-di-da love relationship where my husband agrees with me and has the same political views as me and the same interests as me. Like that's not going to lead me to salvation. That's not even going to lead me to love. That's just like that that's not real and so I think that's what I admire most about my parents relationship is that like (laughs) they they have very different views on a lot of things politics um opinions like they're pretty different people but they work so well together because my mom is constantly submitting her desires to my dad and my dad is constantly like sacrificing as much as he can for my mom and loving her more than he loves himself. And I never understood that or recognized that until I really started looking at the things that mattered in their relationship. When I was looking at like the on the surface stuff, I was like, dude, no way am I marrying someone with a different political view than me. Well, then where where do my priorities lie? In politics? In in worldly things that don't even matter? Like Jesus, when he came on this earth and everyone was like, dude, take us away from the Romans. Like, are you supposed to like save us from that? He's like, no, like I have bigger plans. Like I'm not even, that's not my job. I, I have something way more important than that. So why would I let something as, as small in comparison to like the salvation of Christ that he gives to us, like hinder me from befriending, marrying being in a relationship with someone else has different views than me. If anything, like that's going to bring me to salvation even more. So that really, really shook me just understanding that like marriage is not happily ever after. It's literally the beginning of the path of my salvation. Yeah, I, I do want to say, and this is coming from, and, and, you know, maybe this may change, you know, and I, I'm, I'm open to the fact that, that, that it will, this is coming from someone who's recently married. And, um, I, I do want to say what, okay. So first of all, the men are not just instructed to love us. Um, it like, they love themselves. They're also told to love us. Like Christ loved the church. Right. And, um, Christ died for the church. And so whenever I think about theirs, 
versus we just have to submit I'm kind of like all right buddy you got that but it, it does kind of remind me you know how people are always just like God only gives you what you can handle and it makes sense to me to submit to my husband right like there's this book called love and respect and you know it's one of those things where it's women need to be loved and men need to be respected and um mm. I I I I hear the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I I do think that um it is a part of your salvation but I I I want to say that it is not the beginning because you kind of said earlier that it is a time when you start your time in marriage right it is a time of just giving um but I really do. And this is why someone told me this when I was like still so single and so upset about life that, <laughs> um, <laughs> because I was single, not because I didn't love life, um, that, um, I, that it was just different. Like I asked her, like, I was like, what's the difference of your life now that you're in, like, you're married and you have kids and all that stuff versus when you were single. And she was like, she looked at me and she was like, honestly, it, I loved them both. They were just different um not one was was better than the other and when I heard that I I kind of took that in because I was like well if I think that marriage is this beautiful magical thing right um then that means being single must also be this beautiful magical thing right and like you said marriage is the time where you're constantly giving but being single is a time that you're constantly getting and that's okay. Like it's a time to just receive so much from God and just like opening yourself up to whatever he has to offer to you. And that can just be literally the world. Like you have the world at your fingertips and it's not that you don't have that in marriage depending on whoever your partner is, but if they wanna live that life with you. But God just like pours differently when it's just you and him sitting together yeah um, versus like now you're you know in one with him but there's still a triangle right and so i i hear what you're saying but i also think that salvation starts way before you get 1000 percent. sorry i did not mean to say beginning because i don't believe that to be true because not everyone's path is marriage like i don't even know if my path is marriage and like coming to terms with that was super scary too because i was so attached to that i think i was just like the beginning of your salvation because i was trying to make like a cute little connection to like mm-hmm. happily ever after of course, yeah. disregard disregard but i because because i 100 agree because that 100 plays if marriage was the beginning to salvation does that mean that like everyone else who doesn't get married doesn't get to be saved or the well, fact that your entire life before that wasn't even on the path to salvation and that goes back to the thing of like if christ is coming in 15 minutes and you're not married yet like does that mean the rest of your life up to this point was void like no like christ again like give us this day our daily bread like he gives us everything that we need today to glorify him and like be one with him I do want to argue though that I do think that marriage is is the start of salvation and I mean that not in the worldly sense but in marriage with Christ because yeah in the Coptic Orthodox Church we have we have monks and they are all married to Christ but they are not they are not actually married um and they they do perform this type of ceremony where um they are no longer with the world but they're they're one with Christ um just like the marriage ceremony um and so I I kind of love that now like maybe it is the start of salvation once you finally realize that who you're supposed to be married to yeah there's um I was watching a podcast um about this nun she's um what's the word Byzantine Catholic and um she's Okay, keep going. Sorry. I no, it. it's probably the one that you're thinking of because it like went around like the Coptic, the Coptic church, but, like during COVID. Um, and she is um a mother at um a convent called Christ the Bridegroom. Yes, 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 yes. I love that podcast that's, so. That's Mother Natalia. Yes, we Mother Natalia. Her. Yes, we love her. Um, and I love that like not even just analogy but like that truth that like Christ is the bridegroom like Mm -hmm. and we hear it growing up in church but like he is our husband 
like he is our husband and like how special is that like I was the same like when you were talking about how you were talking to a married woman and like was upset in your singleness like I I used to feel the same way I was like dude when is it gonna happen like I'm ready to go like I am good I'm single I'm done but there's something so special like the sacredness of singleness like being able to have an intimate relationship with Christ one-on-one him as your husband and you as the wife like that is so special like he knows the desires of our heart he knows everything about us he knows us more than we know ourselves and he knows how to fulfill our desires more than anyone else and I think that was something I really had to come to terms with and I I didn't realize how much I was idolizing marriage and like how much I how much power I gave marriage to where when I thought about like the convent growing up I was like absolutely not like Mm -hmm. absolutely not no way would I ever join a convent like I would joke about it like I'm running away to the convent like I I just want to be with Christ like but I didn't actually mean it like when I am honest with myself I didn't actually mean it because I was so attached to the idea of marriage and so attached to being in in this beautiful communion with a man and of course it is beautiful but that's not the purpose to living Mm -hmm. like I want to live for Christ I want him to be my purpose and even if God desires for me to get married I still want him to be the reason why I'm living and that's how it should be like even in marriage we can't idolize marriage because that even though it can be the path to our salvation it isn't our salvation and I think a big moment for me was I was in Egypt a few months ago and I walked into St. George's convent in Coptic Cairo and I was just like overwhelmed by this like sinking feeling I was like what if what if what if I go to the convent like what if I become a nun like what if that's God's plan for me Mm -hmm. and I don't know that like scared me I I was journaling about it later not like not in like oh my gosh I need to write down God's plan but I was journaling about the whole trip um and for that day for that journal's day I was like today I was in St. George's convent and I just had a weird feeling like what if I if I become a nun and that was like the first time that I actually thought about it like genuinely truthfully thought about it authentically thought about it and I don't know I felt like finally my priorities were shifting like what was different from before that I wasn't comfortable becoming a nun but now now that possibility I'm okay with Mm. the priority that's shifting is that my end goal isn't marriage anymore it's Christ and that if Christ wants to fulfill my desires whatever they may be to like feel that love feel that connection feel that intimacy that I crave like maybe he just wants that to himself and that's okay that's not that's I'm not missing out that's not something that I'm gonna be losing and like when I first started thinking about it I was like sad it felt like I I was losing a part of me like losing that desire to be married that was like so innately within me and like you said, like we all we all have that innate desire to be married. And whether that's to a person or to Christ, like it's in us and it's in us for a reason. And the desires that we have are not are not bad. It's just like what we choose to fill them with that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like that was just a really big turning point for me to even consider going into the convent. And now when I like talk about marriage, like I make it a point to say like if that is what God wills for me because I'm not trying to get attached to the idea again and like draw myself down in this spiral of being so attached to it that it would like lead me to despair if it didn't happen Mm -hmm. yeah so how do we actually let Christ fill that spot I mean like you said it could be you know even bringing it back to the very beginning where it's purpose and calling and all of that but no matter what the end goal is Christ so how how do I actually if I'm married I'm not married how do we let him fill that spot like well what are some steps or practicality or especially if it's if I am still trapped in this like 
okay, this is my goal or this is my goal, but it's not necessarily yeah. Christ yet. Yeah. Um. Well, I think understanding like where the root of your desire is coming from is really important. Um, For me, like I growing up just really wanted to feel loved by a man. And I really wanted to feel accepted and seen and worthy and I wanted to get attention like I remember on our phone call I was telling you like I can trace every year of my life to a boy that I had a crush on Mm -hmm. like every single year of my life like I know I can see their face maybe I can't remember their name but I I I know who it was and like I think understanding the root of why I I was like in desperate need of that was really big and then also understanding that these desires aren't bad like a lot of times in church we'll talk about like you need to kill your desires like you need like uh no like sometimes desires are placed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit but we're just filling them with things that aren't good like Mm. if my desire is to be married and I'm filling that with lust like obviously that's not good but if my desire is to feel loved and to feel accepted then I should run to the person who literally is that Mm. like God didn't create love God God doesn't love like he is love like if that is my desire like I need to go to the source I need to spend time with him like I (laughs) I think it was made pretty clear um I was given a cross by an abuna like a year and a half ago at a retreat and I would like hold it with me in my pocket or in my jacket and I'd lose it all the time like all of the time and I would only like want it when I was anxious or I had to go somewhere and I like wanted comfort but I never kept it like on my mind like it was only on my mind when I lost it and then I was distraught like I was like I need to find this cross it means so much to me okay if it meant so much to you how come you can't remember the last time you put it somewhere but it always found its way back to me now like I'm constantly holding my cross or I have it in my pocket because before it was just something that I leaned on when the other things that I was relying on to give me temporary happiness weren't sufficing or weren't giving me happiness or like were backfiring on me but now obviously I'm not perfect but I'm really really trying through the grace of God to just like focus on him and and I don't need my cross anymore I think I've lost it a couple times but it was like a daily losing occurrence that would happen and so I think in terms of going back to sorry I digressed a little bit but going back to like the practical things one like speaking to your father of confession is really big and like talking to him about like these these desires that we have and really unpacking that they're not bad in themselves because I think shame is a really big thing in our church that like God doesn't want us to feel shame like he doesn't want us to like sit and wallow in self-pity and stuff like that like but knowing the the roots of our desires and maybe the things that we're turning to that aren't fulfilling us is really good and I think anyone who like like me like I'm a very visual learner I like to hold things physically like holding a hand cross has literally like saved my life like it has changed the game for me because it is something I can tangibly hold and feel not that it's like the root of my my spirituality but like it really does help holding a hand cross helps and then the big kahuna is prayer and like I don't want to say that like just pray and God will help you like I never knew how to pray ever and I wasn't taught how to pray I wasn't like we don't really at least in the churches that I grew up in we weren't really taught it was like love God don't sin okay that's it like there was no there was no practicality of like this intimate relationship with Christ like yes God is our father but like he is also our best friend like making God my best friend trying to make God my best friend was the big switch for me someone told me in Sunday school 
um, when I was in high school, he was like, talk to God about everything and make all of your thoughts a continuing like conversation with him. So like when you stub your toe, instead of saying like, ow, I stubbed my toe, say, God, ow, I stubbed my toe. Like literally just putting God in front of everything and switching our thoughts to a constant conversation with him was really helpful because now when I'm in the car sometimes, I'll just like talk out loud or I'll look at like the bubble curlless picture on my windshield and, and I'll just like start talking out loud. And at first when I did that, I was like, this is so dumb. Like I'm literally talking to myself, but it was, it was a game changer for me because I was like, oh, I can talk out loud. Like, this is good. Like, let me just try. And it's so helpful because it's something tangible now. And I think like that was something really hard for me to grapple with with marriage. Like in my head, marriage was a tangible like representation of Christ and salvation and whatever. Like this was something that I could do on earth. Like that is something that is like real as if like prayer and being with Christ couldn't be real and tangible, but it just wasn't the real and tangible that I had like this meta narrative in my, in my head of what it was, you know? And so I think like the biggest thing is like sitting down, walking, talking, just praying out loud as if he's your best friend and as if he's your husband, tell him who made you upset, tell him the things that you're struggling with, tell him the amazing things that happen. Like he wants to hear it. Like, he knows us he's the best husband we could ever have like he knows us better than we know ourselves he knows what we want everything like he literally is the best husband we could ever have because he is the definition of love and he created us like I think really understanding that like he is as good as it gets like no no way am I gonna want to idolize a man when I have Christ like mm -mm. he is he's the one he's literally he is the one that will fulfill me more than anything. I think that that really brings me back to how I felt like once I finally kind of like busted out of this, that mindset, like you're saying of just like, this is all I have to desire. I just want a man in my life. And I think a really big part of that battle is also dealing with like insecurities. And mm -hmm. someone told me that like, Every single time that I'm, I'm, you know, insulting myself, I'm actually insulting the creator of the masterpiece, you know, and like, it's as if I was like insulting the artist. Like if you go to a museum and you say this painting sucks and it's stupid, um, you're not insulting the painting or the, I don't know, the colors on the, on the paint, you're insulting the person who painted it. And so yeah. I, I constantly, that like really stuck with me and I started to realize it took me so long to realize how how much worth I had in in God and how much I was putting it in man's hands mm -hmm. and that if God like put me on such a pedestal and like I have never experienced that from any man like why would I keep on running towards somebody that would never give me that mm -hmm. when somebody is you know and and Christ lived loves me so um as I am because he created me, like you said. Yeah. And um, this is a total tangent, but I, I can't help but like <laughs> make the connection, but your anecdote about <clears throat> losing your cross. And it's literally like, I, I'm, this is gonna be super symbolic and it, it might be hard to follow. It's just what my brain does, which is like, we all have a cross to carry and that we should be carrying. and like you said, like you would fall into despair whenever it was lost. And like, I feel that all the time. Like if I drop the cross or I ignore it, or I try to get rid of it, um, you fall into despair. But like, from what I'm hearing now, like you have this cross with you and you're carrying it with you. But like, even if you were to lose it occasionally, like it doesn't make you fall, it doesn't make you so sad or so angry um, because you know, you know what that like consistent relationship with Christ looks like versus like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to carry this anymore. And then you just get angry and you drop it. And then you try to, you know what I mean? Like, and then you're like, oh gosh, okay, fine. I'm sorry. Versus like this consistent relationship. So yeah. That, it might be a tangent, but no, I, no, I that couldn't help but see that as like a beautiful, <laughs> like a uh, symbolic 
image that is actually practical no I love that and I think in my like journey of like trying to have Christ be my husband and be like my one true love and the one that I'm living for like it's so true like the things that would usually upset me or like send me into despair or anxiety or like just really not good mental space like they don't have that deep of an effect on me anymore because I'm not rooted in the potential of like finding a husband like (laughs) I'm rooted in Christ like and I think I think something that was like really a smack in the face when I realized was like if Christ were to come in like 15 minutes and I'm not married like would I be upset would I be upset that like Christ is literally returning to earth and God willing taking me to heaven would I be upset that I wouldn't be married and like that really hit me because like then what am I living for like am I living for the second coming am I living for salvation am I living for eternal life or am I living for like a worldly potential path or a worldly pleasure or you know what I mean like that was that was really big when I had to ask myself that and like part of me was a little bit like upset I was like yeah but I want to get married and I really want to have kids like but like what if that's not God's plan for me like what what if God's plan for me is to be celibate like what if he wants me to be a consecrated servant like I cannot be attached to a potential thing that I think may bring me some sort of happiness like all of that is fleeting anyway like like I don't know like I I don't know there's a there's a quote that I was looking at before hopping on this call and I don't know it really like helped me like put things into perspective I read it um a few weeks ago and it it's by Baba Shenouda and it says trust that the Lord is working on the best for you and he has been working before you even asked him so like he knows he knows what's best for us he knows what we want he just knows how exactly to fulfill that and like I have to trust I think again going to the practicality of it trust is literally the biggest thing like if I can't trust that God is like working for my good and working to prosper me like then then I don't have a relationship with him because then then it's like transactional love that I'm only loving him because of the blessings that he's giving me or the things that I'm getting like if Christ really is my husband, then I really have to trust him. And I have to trust that if, even if it is God's plan for me to get married and I'm in this like waiting season or this season of singleness, I don't even like waiting because I don't, I don't know. I think we should just be present in the moment and the waiting just makes it seem like not. it's not valid, <laughs> but um, I guess it's just a matter of semantics, but I don't know. I, like trusting God and like really just giving it to him my mom always says like inputs on us outcomes on him like all I have to do is my input I have to wake up every morning try my best to love those around me do my due diligence and try and glorify God in everything that I do and just talk to him like keeping him at the center like I I was so like one foot in one foot out my whole life like one foot into spirituality one foot into church one foot in to God and then one foot out to the world that was my big stumbling block like that's not gonna get me anywhere that's not gonna get me married that's not gonna get me to Christ that's that's just gonna get me to a lot of confusion and a lot of like jumbled brain and a lot of anxiety and a lot of not good thoughts because like I have to be fully fully in I got to be all in just like in any relationship I can't be like one foot out of it just because I want to be with someone else at the same time that I'm being with another person like that doesn't make sense and of course like we live in the world but I think the biggest thing for me was like God is everything and I know I'm being so redundant but like I was so deep into this that I never even thought I'd be able to talk about this like never in my wildest dreams would I ever think that I would be out of the attachment and the idolatry and the 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 connection so deep-seated in my heart 
to marriage that I would even be able to be talking about this with you right now like ever I was so deep into it so I don't want anyone listening to be like well like I have it really bad like I had it bad like I had it really bad and I still have it bad like it's a journey like it's not linear like the devil hits me with those thoughts every day and so I think like the biggest thing was that that was that is different now that isn't different then is that I'm really trying for my foundation and everything that I do to be for God not just on Sunday not just on Saturday not just when there's a retreat like everything that I do has to be for God or else it's for nothing like I don't know I feel like I'm rambling at this point but that was like the biggest shift in my brain was like I have to be all in I can't be lukewarm what would you because I'm thinking about I'm honestly thinking about myself right now, but I'm also thinking about younger you, someone who is still going through this. Like, is there anything that you would, what what could you say to that person that's still going through it that would not necessarily change their mind, but like, yeah, what is it that they, that they need? I mean, like you said, it's trust, but like, what if, and I, again, I'm speaking of on behalf of myself, here really which is what if like you feel like that trust has been broken like how do you just like any relationship like how are you supposed to regain that how are you supposed to see what God is doing for you really you know so many people have been so hurt and so like have really gone through it you know and it could be in in the love realm it could be literally just whatever the matters of the heart you know like and could be really you, you could be hurt and well, what are you supposed to do how do you navigate out out of that and and God is the outcome yeah I think like knowing that as much as the hurt and the heartbreak and the trauma and all of the horrible things that have happened in my life were miserable and I would not wish them on anybody like they were so necessary to happen because God had to break me well I guess allow breaking to happen like God doesn't necessarily harm people but like I had to break in order to understand that he's the only thing worth living for like I everything that I had attached my desires to whether it be a boy or family members or friendships or even people in church like when that trust has been broken or when I've been hurt by them or just like so many wounds and scars like that just like although I definitely did not understand it in the moment like it kind of just um confirmed that like nothing in this world is gonna bring me like happiness like nothing in this world is going to fulfill me like well maybe it will bring me happiness but it won't bring me joy and the relationships that I have and the things that I experience, like if I hadn't been broken and that that trust hadn't been broken, I wouldn't have been able to fully rely on him. And I think that like if I had had just like wonderful experiences with the men in my life or amazing relationships or just like awesomeness Mm -hmm. during my childhood or high school years or whatever it may be then I don't I don't think I would have ever turned to God because it was just like the cross like I only looked for it or clung to it or realized it was lost when bad things happened Mm -hmm. or when I realized that the things that I was clinging to weren't sustaining me and weren't filling me up and I was constantly like wanting something else like there was constantly something missing like 
I could be so happy, but there was constantly something missing when I got home and was laying in bed and or didn't want to get up in the morning. Like there was always something nagging at my heart that was not right. And I think going back to like the practicality, um, no matter how like controversial this may be, like I will take this to my grave. Like therapy is so important. Therapy is so important and it's not from the devil. Sorry to all the tunts that are watching, but it's not from the devil. Therapy is wonderful. My therapist is a Tissoni actually in the Coptic church. Mm. Um, Therapy allowed me to realize through God, and through another person who has like built their life on like psychology like their vocation on like psychology and like understanding the inner workings of the brain and trauma that I could detach myself from the hurt and from those moments where the trust was broken and from those scars like those weren't things that I that were defining me anymore and those weren't things that I was just bottling up or had to live with like I was able to talk them out understand them and then move on from them so I don't know if that answers the question. I don't think I have the answer to the question, but at least for me in my life, like those are just the only things that God's putting on my mind to say. Sorry if it doesn't make sense. No, it was what I needed to hear. And I and so if God just catered it towards me, then I'm sorry to everybody else, but I <laughs> I needed to hear that. And so I'm going to take it selfishly. Um Sophia, I I would love to hear if you saw little Sophia Hart walking around and going through what you have explained, what would you go and tell her? What would you think that she would need to hear about true love? I would give her the biggest possible hug possible. I would squeeze her until it hurt. And I would tell her that she's beautiful and that she's smart and that her worth and her value doesn't come from anyone but the person who made her. And that all the little boys who told her that she wasn't pretty or her skin was too dark or she wasn't worth it or she wasn't cute, all of those horrible things from those silly little boys that were probably hurting inside themselves that does not define you and that she is a wonderful beautiful human being that was made in the image of Christ and that all of these people and all of these voices that are saying otherwise are not true and that one day your heart will be healed and all of the things that you've gone through will only be like little anecdotes that you can say on a podcast or help another person who's going through it. And that all of these things that are happening, everything happens for a reason. And that your worth is not defined by a man. Your worth is defined by the man, which is Christ himself. And then I'd hug her again. And again and again and again. <laughs> well, I think that she would really receive that. And I hope that anybody that is feeling this way, including myself, can take those those words to heart and um, really see that Christ is desiring our heart. And um, it's just up to us to give it to him. And so, Sophia, with that said, I am so thankful for your heart um, <laughs> and that you came on Thank here you. today. And I'm so happy that um, this is the season finale of the season and it really, really ended so beautifully. And I I know that God is using this for something. Um, and it, it shows me so much that literally just in our second conversation that we were able to um, get here so thank you so 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 much for giving me your time are you kidding thank you for having this space I think that this subject especially is really taboo and I hope that 
I don't know, even for myself listening to this back, I know that the Holy Spirit was speaking through both of us, and I know I'm definitely going to need to hear the things that you said, and I don't know, I think this is just really special, and the fact that we can have this, like, sisterly fellowship and talk about things that are uncomfortable and aren't talked about, so God bless you and your service and the fact that, like, you're allowing god to work through you in this space even through zoom on a podcast to like speak to all the little girls and all the christines and sophias of this world who write in their journal about their future husband that may not even be their future husband because it's just some random coptic boy they met at a meeting (laughs) um okay i i do need to say if if you are currently doing that, please keep doing it because I do it. Do it. Continue. Please journal about your life and what it looks like right now because it is so important. And I, I'm laughing because it's true to me and not because I think it's funny. Um, yes. And I, um, I want you to journal about that night that you met someone at the retreat and I want you to feel that that face feeling and that blushy feeling and I want all of those things because you're allowed to feel those things because yes. it's a desire on your heart and um but just know that whatever you force God God is God is not there in the forcing and he's going to he'll make it very clear believe me um I I am not using this time to um divulge um but I was also like Sophia we're everything was about the story. And um, once I gave up on that, God created his own story and it was a lot better than what I can come up with. And so let him write your story, um, but just start that first page with him. And then the rest of the story is going to write itself. Oh, I love that. I love that. Also, sorry, tangent again, we're literally ending and I'm like talking my mouth off, but like journaling also is like, that's a way of giving it to him. Like, if you don't want to be in control of it, like, literally just write it down and have that be your prayer, like, if praying out loud is hard, or praying in your head is hard, like, you can pray in a journal, like, that's allowed, and that has helped me a lot, so, like, if you want to journal about that boy that you met, I have a whole note, I have a whole pages and pages of other physical journals, and it helps so much, because at the end of the day, regardless if it's God's will or not, like, I'm still talking to him, yeah, it's all, no, I think that's a really cute, like, if we could have like dates with God, I think that would be like a really cute date idea. It's just like sitting there and having a journaling date and like lighting a candle and like hanging out. Um, and like, yeah, I, there's, I have journals on journals just filled with whatever it was. And a lot of the times it like starts maybe as like a prayer and then it's just me talking. And then I'm just like, okay, love you. Like, you know, bye Christine, you know? And so that's how I sign out and it's just kind of like talking to myself but it's it is like you said like that page is for God and um he's yeah he's writing it with you each day and it always ends out where you just like feel peaceful even if nothing really was solved 1000% okay last thing I forgot to say another thing that really helped me was the book elements the transfiguration of Elijah don't know if you've read that book or heard of that book but it's like swept the Coptic community and I am almost done with it I'm I'm late to the game we're never late but like that book has changed the way that I see Christ intimately and the way that I pray in a tangible way because I'm like reading it and I really love to read and I lost my love to read and it reignited it so anyone listening you need to read elements the transfiguration of Elijah because that book broke me and it also made me laugh and love Christ even more so that book is really good. You are like the third or fourth person that has told me about this book. And so you clearly I'm it. supposed to pick it up and start reading. I'm looking at it right now. And it is one of the most incredible books I've ever read. And it's written by an anonymous priest. And I know I know why, because like Christ, Christ wrote this book. And I will take that to my grave. Like he just used this man as a tool because it like he is talking to you like no matter how many people that I've talked to who have different lived experiences they have felt that he is talking to you in the book and it's incredible and it has really helped me like go on dates with Christ and have him become my bridegroom and my husband because I get excited to spend time with him while I'm reading this book it shouldn't be obviously like like any um what's it called 
like switch out for the bible or anything like that but like it's still spiritual reading and it's beautiful and there's scripture laced with every page like every chapter is enough is a book of scripture and so it's incredible it's a really good way to start like it helped me a lot in like wanting to have personal prayer and alone time with God which was so difficult for me like I did not know how to do it and I still don't know how to do it I'm learning but this book was like transformative like transformative I am really looking forward to it I'm going to literally order it once I get off because it's been in the back of my head and I'm waiting for it to pop up on Libby because that's my reading app and it's free and I think I just have to give up on that and just go and buy the book <laughs> yes okay yes even tangibly holding books like there's something really special and beautiful about that too so maybe that's just has to happen yes okay you're my push I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it yes uh, if you wanna you have a book club yes yeah, let me know <laughs> yes book club um that would be so fun actually if we did like a I mean I know it's not meant just for women but like hey if you are listening to this and you would be down for a woman book club if it's this book then that's great and if we already read it then we could just sit and talk no because it's crazy that you're talking about that because I've been like praying about like having a woman's book club and talking and like hosting it at um at our house or like even on zoom for like people in Seattle cough cough hint hint and like that would be so special like just having that like fellowship with one another and like talking intimately about like a spiritual reading like that would be so cool then there you go this is your sign um that you need to do it just like uh, Marianne told me um no one else is gonna do it but you because you're the one that has it in the back of your head and it's the you are the one that God is putting that on your heart so um I think you should start it boom done started I hope I said what was needed to be said I just spoke from my heart so I'm sorry if it was jumbled but um I love you and I love that we talked about this and I hope that whoever is listening knows their worth and their value and that they are so wonderful and so beautiful and that whatever God's path is for for them who's for them just worry about today Matthew talks about how we need to worry not need to worry about tomorrow for tomorrow can worry about its own thing sufficient for today is its own trouble there are plenty of things that we need to worry about today so just stay present in today and whether or not you're supposed to get married whether or not you're married to Christ all of these things that are jumbled around in your head you are wonderful God loves you he is your husband first and foremost and he is as good as it's gonna get so enjoy it Amen. Bye-bye. Love you. (laughs) My gosh. I love you. Thank you so, so, so much. Felipe, I had a blast. Thanks for joining us. Please give us your feedback on any topics you'd be interested in. Until next time.